okay. If you're a journalist who uses the tool Help a Reporter Out, or Harrow, listen up. Harrow is moving to Cision's new app, Connectively. But what is Connectively? Well, imagine a place where you can quickly connect with expert sources for your next story. Connectively is a new app from Cision that's changing the way journalists like us, content creators, experts and PRs work together. So if you're in search of credible sources, Connectively is your next stop. With just a click, you can publish your queries. These go straight to a feed where experts from loads of different backgrounds can respond, giving you their expertise. So go on, visit connectively.us to sign up for free. That's C-O-N-N-E-C-T-I-V-E-L-Y dot U-S. Connectively dot us. Hello and welcome to Freelancing for Journalists. I'm Emma Wilkinson and I'm Lily Cantor. And it's already the end of Series 11, everyone, and we're going out with a bang as we have such a good practical episode for you today. It's going to really help us all out, I think. Uh, it is our usual format, discussing an issue affecting freelance journalists and chatting through the problems and solutions with the help of two experienced guests. Um, and we're also doing YouTube records, so once we get these out of the way this week, Lily, we can stop getting dressed. <laughs> Back to Pajal, living the dream. Yeah, definitely. Right, today we're going to be talking about time management. Uh, I think this is something we all struggle with as freelancers. Um, so we're going to be talking about how to kind of manage your day, how to try and not spend the whole day procrastinating, uh, getting on with your work, getting paid and having some downtime, hopefully. Yeah, so I'm hoping for some nice practical tips from our guests on this one like the week that I am having we're recording this on a Wednesday and I already feel like I've just been running around like a headless chicken all week um lots of different things on the go so it's always really tricky to balance but before we get into all this let's have a positive start by talking about our freelance win of the week Lily you go first yeah well some of our listeners and viewers um may remember that at the beginning of this series I talked about a lovely press trip I was going on, which I was meant to be going on today. <laughs> but hang on, you're here. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I got COVID uh, and just decided that it was just not a good idea to be flying anywhere. So I didn't go on this press trip. Um, but I did let the editor know, obviously, it wasn't happening. And I was a bit, because I haven't done anything for this editor before, I was a little bit like, nervous that this was not a good first impression but he was lovely he was so sweet about it and was just like yeah totally don't go it's absolutely fine so although not so good that I couldn't go um, I think my win was that I had a very understanding editor and it's uh, not marred our relationship so that was good okay fantastic and I mean my win this week is just very basic really I just got paid for invoices in one day it was the most exciting thing that I think has ever happened it was like it was like winning the lottery although actually what it was like was being a salaried person <laughs> because it was the end of the month and they'd all just happened to be paid on the same day so it was like an actual payday going into my bank I mean it immediately went on paying all the bills but for that one day 
I felt like the queen. <laughs> That's very nice. Yeah. Apparently that happened all the time. Yeah, indeed. Yeah, my bank account is probably looking the complete opposite at the moment. So I'm waiting for my payday. Right, let's crack on. Let's crack on. We're going to introduce our guest. Okay, so first up, we've got Anna Harding, freelance journalist, presenter and host. She's also a personal trainer and an ultra runner extraordinaire. And Anna always has a million projects on the go. So we're really excited to hear about how she juggles it all. Absolutely. And we also have with us uh, Sally Howard, a freelance journalist and author, co-founder of the India Story Agency and another prolific producer of articles. We definitely want to get her advice on being efficient. Yes. Yes, looking forward to this. Okay, Anna, let's come to you first then. We know you do lots of different things, but perhaps you can explain to our listeners kind of what you do and kind of how do you structure your week with all the different bits and bobs that you're doing? Yeah, definitely. So I've been freelance for, I think, two years now. And um, I always, in my previous role in radio journalism, used to work with freelancers. So I used to book freelancers to cover shifts and stuff. And I always used to look at them and think, I wish I could be a freelancer because you can just go in, do your job and go home and not have that office politics and all the stress of taking your job home with you and stuff. So I ended up going freelance and um, and I must say that all of the things that I hoped it would be, it has been so far. Um, but I uh, went into it with um, a couple of sort of gigs, I guess. So I host um, and present on the YouTube channel, The Running Channel, which used to be the full-time gig that I stopped doing full-time and went freelance for. And then to sort of fill my time, I also picked up some writing, regular writing gigs. So I write for Women's Running Magazine. So I have a section in that every month as well. And then I also went back to radio because I'd missed sort of being on the radio. So I do radio news um, and that sort of, ad hoc whenever they need holiday cover or sickness cover I do that too so do I have a regular structure to my day or my week absolutely not um every week can look very very different it depends when I'm booked for work um and what sort of projects I've got on the go and then I decided that I was going to qualify as a personal trainer as well last year and that was something that I really wanted to it be my sort of main source of income but going into the fitness industry as a brand new person is really hard to build up enough clients straight away with the time that you have to when you're still earning money to pay the bills. Um, so, you know, that's been a slow burn. Uh, it, it's getting there and I'm enjoying that that's sort of part of what I do as well. Um, and so in order to get in front of that sort of audience of people who might want a personal trainer, I also teach exercise classes, which are regular. So that's my regular structure is the the classes that I teach. And then everything else, I just fit in around it. Yeah, I mean, I it's quite um, difficult to keep track sometimes, but I also have that thing that like every Thursday I'm doing the same thing. So that sometimes does produce that kind of rhythm to your week, even if the rest of the days are looking a bit higgledy-piggledy. 
Um, I mean, Sally, you'll know this because we cover some of the same sort of beat publications. And I imagine like me, you've always got a few things on the go at once. So how do you decide how to divide up your time and what to sort of prioritise when? Yeah, I mean, this is sort of hard one to me because especially sort of during the COVID, because I mean, you'll know having to concentrate on big pieces of work, but then also to run interviews and they're quite different sorts of activities. And I also have a freelance office where I go and kind of work with other people. So I found that the best thing to me is like a spatial division. So I have two days at the beginning of the week at home when I'll just come away, probably not dress, get dressed, wear my pajamas, sort of rub my hair all over the place, really get on with some stuff at the beginning of the week. And then towards the end of the week, I'll be in um, an office and be doing more admin based stuff. And then the last day, because I'm trying to work on a book, I will go to a library and work on a book. It's the only thing that really works for me, because otherwise I get just distracted by the kind of constant feed of emails. Um, but yes, I, I agree with you. I mean, structuring things during the week, meetings I have every week. I tend to also work very early in the day and do school picker because I work with a colleague in India who's five and a half hours ahead of me. So I start early so it can work in tandem. And that works for me because like by mid-afternoon, I'm just not used to anyone. <laughs> so I just then trudge to school pickup. But you know, it's it's there's never enough time. And I think it's a great insight to think life is finite. That amazing Oliver Berkman book about 4,000 days. We only have 4,000 days. And I've just realized recently, I'll never get it all done. <laughs> yeah. It's great to realize that. Yeah, yeah. We're all in the same boat. But I guess that's a that's the beauty of freelancing is that you can do lots of different things and you can change things up and you can decide like when are your days in the office and when when your days at home and Anna for you you're doing these various different um job roles um you also do an awful lot of running training for your for your ultramarathon so you've got to fit all that in um you've also got your own kind of podcast series as well so I guess you're um your life and your work a bit like me kind of bleed into each other so how do you know kind of you're getting the balance right and you're not you know you're not doing too much or do you and also do you need that separation between work and life or is it all just one big lovely melting pot it's definitely a melting pot and it can be lovely at times um I definitely do get to the point sometimes where I have done too much so you know if my editor in radio is coming to me and saying, can you work on these days? I'll look at my diary and think, well, I had put that aside to do such and such article, but hey, I can move that because it's not time sensitive to do it exactly then, but they need me on the radio to work exactly then. So it's it's about sort of picking and choosing, obviously, what's going to pay, what is what is movable, what has to be done at a certain time, etc., um, and I do find that, you know, I'll with the podcast, for example, it's that's a passion project for me. It's, you know, it's not paid work. It's something that my friend and I do um, as a bit of fun. And we record that at eight o'clock in the morning. So to me, in my mind, that's not working hours. And once that podcast's done, it's then the start of the working day. And I try not to do the editing of the podcast during the working day. I say try. I haven't succeeded massively, but... You know, I'll grab 20 minutes on the train here, 20 minutes on the train there to edit the podcast so that that is kept separate from working time to try and keep mornings, evenings free for other stuff. 
But also with personal training and exercise classes, people want to train and do their exercise in the morning and in the evening. Um, I have my client calls about eight o'clock, half eight at night, um, most weeks, or, um, you know, I'll be training people at 6.30 in the morning. So it creates long days and it creates a bit of a difficulty when it comes to keeping things separate and getting that balance wrong. But it's also still reasonably new to me. So I think it's something that I'm hoping I'll settle into a bit of a groove soon. But at the moment, it's certainly a little bit too much. Yeah, I mean, I think I really... So last night I was... Uh, I had an article, the deadline was today. And it's one of those things where I'd done interviews over about two weeks while I was doing other things. And then all of a sudden thought, oh, I'm going to have to find time to write this up. Then loads of other things had happened. So I was right until about half nine, getting this cold and thinking, I'm not making any sense anymore. I'm going to stop. But I was at my desk at seven this morning and I actually did it in two hours. So now I know like the end of my working day today is five o'clock and I've got an evening. So you kind of just have to readjust, I think, as you go along and just keep reflecting to yourself, I think. Like, am I doing too much? Can I just be busy for this one day, but then I can have a bit of a break? Initially, I mean, I had a very similar thing this week that I had something to interview and turn around in a day and a half. And it's great to have that muscle sometimes. I think, great, you can do it. It's a real news impulse. But then going straight from back to back to doing something else, then I think it's building in the rhythm so you're not doing that all the time because that's burnout territory, isn't it? But it's, you know, it's gratifying to think, well, I think you can do it sometimes. Yeah, you do need some slower days, don't you, in and amongst those, like, uh, I do some new shift days as well, and I definitely couldn't do that five days a week. It would drive me insane. But one day I can, you know, I can do that. That's fine. Um, I mean, I'm a complete Luddite. Everything is paper diaries and paper lists because I find that's the only way it goes into my head. Like, if I make a, if I put something in a computer, you know, online diary or in my phone diary, I don't look at it and I forget, even with alerts. I find it just doesn't work for me. Um, but I'm interested to learn what other systems people have for keeping track of kind of what they're doing. So, Sally, do you have an actual diary? Is it electronic? Is it paper? I have. Um, and I think there's a real evidence base around writing things down longhand. I think it really helps you structure what you're doing. So I tend to have, I use Trello as a background thing of what I'm working on, which sometimes I update, sometimes I'm less good on. And then I always have a piece of paper in the morning, cross things out. I'll try and do the least appealing things first. And um, that's my principle. If there's some really unpleasant things I have to do, I get through them. And then, and then just, just a checklist. Yeah. Um, and sometimes I'll create an online spreadsheet if there's a lot, um, and within Trello, I'll have immediate tasks, longer term tasks and other things that I tend to ignore, which is like the long, you know, very long term, the sort of dream projects, but yeah, pen and paper for me too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm the same. I, I tend to use my diary, which every year I try and get a different diary with different formation inside because it always ends up just a squiggly mess um and it doesn't actually matter what kind of diary i have or you know the pages could be the size of the room and it would still be a squiggly mess but um but then i also have a whiteboard and then i have post-it notes and i'm like i can have the same thing in like three different places but at least it like you say it's written down but anna what about you what's your system i'm completely the opposite i'm all digital so my calendar I use calendar blocking. So when I've got um, a project of 
you know, no specific time importance. It's not a, an appointment that I've got to be somewhere or do something at that time. I'll block out the time in my diary and say, this is what I'm going to do during this hour or whatever. Um, and I have all of that in my Google calendar, which drives my partner crazy because when he tries to look to see if I've got a free weekend, he's just hit with these block <laughs> color. And he's like, I don't understand your calendar. But what it means is that I can adjust whether they are busy times, as in absolutely I haven't got time to have an appointment with someone, or I can put them as free time because it's I would like to work on that article then. And it means that I use um, a program called Calendly, which syncs with my Gmail, that I can send out to people to pick a time that suits them for meetings or client catch-ups, etc. on Zoom. And so they can see at a glance. So it's not I'm free at 3 p.m. on Monday. I can do maybe 6 till 8 on Tuesday. They can just see what time they want to book and then that's down to them to to marry it up with their, um, with their schedule too. And I also use a program called Clockify, um, which basically is like a timer. So when I start a new project, I will hit start on the timer and I'll be able to see how much time I've spent on that project. And so... By doing, for example, editing the podcast, I'll be able to see that it takes me an hour and a half to do that. And so next week, I know I need to set an hour and a half aside to do that podcast edit. Or I know that my women's running article will take me a certain amount of time, roughly, based on what I've done each month. And so I can block that time out in my calendar. So, yeah, I'm a very much online calendar blocking person. It's great to hear because I think the thing that we want to get across is you need to find the system that works for you, right? However you best, however your brain works, however you best kind of learn and understand, uh, you know, how to manage your time, that's the thing that you need to use. That's the system that you need to use for you and just play around with a few of these things and see if that see if that works better than um, than what you have going on I mean one thing that I'm always interested in is how people manage things like emails coming in and admin jobs because for what I do I think it's quite I've always found it quite important to be responsive so if an editor's getting in touch with me to be able to respond quite quickly um but I also know people who don't will have huge blocks of time where they don't even look at their emails even old days where they don't even look at their emails I don't think I could ever do that but do you have any rules sally do you have any like systems for like i'm only gonna look at social media at this time i'm only gonna yeah, look at you i mean i i think i think and probably the similar sort of work that you do as well there's been this real drift into whatsapp being a kind of format that you make speak to people overseas or interview people about kind of sensitive topics um and other platforms too and i find that um you know we can't multitasking is a myth we can't do it our brains just rapidly toggle between various tasks. So I now put my phone, I mean, it's here attached to my computer, but I will now put it inside a box and move it away from me. If I know I have a deadline, I have to physically get it out. I, cause even it being an eyesight, I have all my notifications off. And yes, it, it's difficult because you do get kind of, especially if you're working at home on your own in solitude, you do want that kind of, um, contact and approval but then you can get very kind of immersed in that world and I think it's useful those days that you need to get on with things and yeah I try and do emails in a block first thing yeah yeah that's really interesting you have to like 
physically <laughs> remove something. I mean, I put a box, I can show you the box, I put it inside. Wow. Yeah. That's really good. Yeah, that's a good idea. I mean, I must admit, I do that when I go to bed. I always leave my phone downstairs. Um, I won't take it up with me. Um, my husband's the same. We have this kind of no, no phones in the bedroom. Um, but yeah, I'm not, I'm not that rigid when I'm sort of working at my desk. But Anna, I wonder with you as well, because you've got a big kind of social media following and you've got a lot of people interacting with you. And I just wonder kind of how you manage that. Because I, I could imagine you could just spend all day like chatting to people on Instagram. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I also have all of my notifications turned off. So I, it's a conscious, um, it, it, I open those apps up consciously. Like I, I know that if I want to, go in to check messages, reply to messages or post content that that's what I'm doing at that moment. I'm not being distracted by those notifications going off. It's the same with emails as well. I just, I literally don't have notifications on. And this actually comes from probably when I was working full time in radio news and um, getting almost um, notification anxiety from my phone going off at all hours because they were breaking news stories and stuff and and so now I just can't have them on um the majority of my whatsapp chats are muted sorry friends um and I choose when I go in to to look at those when I have the time um social media wise it, yeah I I would say that I pretty much go on to post so I do a few um sponsored posts for brands as well as as another sort of side of the running stuff that I do and so I'll go on to post I know that if I've posted a campaign that I need to reply to comments and and boost the engagement etc I'll also need to go in and look at stats to to send through reports afterwards too but that is very much like a this is when I'm going to do it kind of thing rather than I'm going to spend hours mindlessly scrolling that's not to say that I don't spend hours mindlessly scrolling I do we all do I don't know the answer to that because I think that's just the way that they've managed to trap us. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, this morning when I had to finish writing this article, I got to my desk at like half past seven and I didn't turn on any emails or any social media or anything. I was like, I just opened the article and I'm just going to write that because I also don't need to answer any emails before half past nine or whatever. So I could just crack on and do that. So sometimes we do just have to be strict with ourselves. And on that topic of being strict with yourselves, have we got any advice for avoiding procrastination? So I'm quite good at procrastinating if my deadline's far away. So I'm really good if there's a deadline. If the, if something's got to be done that day, absolutely, I'm on it. It's, it's fine. I'll do it. But if something's a bit far in the future, but I know that it would be useful for me to get on with that today, I'm amazing at finding loads of other things to do instead of the thing that I should be doing. Sally, do you have any ways I mean, that you can over that? Because I don't, I'm less of a procrastination more that it's whoever's hopping around most sort of um, violently. So if there's something that's a very long-term deadline or if, or if there are editors that don't give deadlines, I mean, that's curtains to me. So I've been known to request a deadline, to request a deadline. So, sorry, I mean, I've just pushed it into the long grass, please give me a deadline, because it just doesn't, there's always going to be a news feature if you work in our sort of world that bumps pieces and it gets to a stage where it's been hanging on for months on end so I think that and if you feel that you're in that concentrate you're procrastinating for that reason I'll do something physical and I don't have the 
the joy of being able to run at the moment because I've got I've messed up my foot. But I think it's great to have some sort of bodily or something else that you do move the blood in your body. I think that's a huge thing because procrastination is just sometimes your brain is just run out of bandwidth. Sometimes it just needs to do something anodyne, and that's the great thing about freelancing. You can do that. Yeah, and I think that's a really important point about like having the space in the day for sort of self-care and exercise and movement I mean I know I'm the same I've been injured so I've not been able to run but I've got that dog is being walked to death <laughs> I mean I'm walking the dog two hours a day at least um but I'm breaking it up over to like three walks a day and I find I really like just being able to get out and and get the fresh air and to move around um and kind of on that note Anna bringing you back in on this like how do you fit in all your running training because obviously you're you're having to do a lot of miles do you fit that outside of your working day or do you have to do some of that during the day so it will all depend on sort of what the day looks like so for example you know on a Thursday I teach at half past six in the morning so I have never gone out and done a run before that class um because that would be very very early um, and so I know that I teach at that time. Then I then go and teach. Um, I do a bit of social media for uh, one of the studios that I work for. And then I have another two hour block. So actually, once I've done that, I've already done four hours work. So and it, it's 11 o'clock in the morning. So I'm like, well, I'll go out and do my run at lunchtime, as it were, and then pick up some work back up in the afternoon. So the runs fit in around the other work that I have and in the same way with the calendar blocking um that I block out all of my work I also block out my runs and I make sure that the runs so if I'm doing a 30 minute easy I'll put at least 45 minutes in my calendar for that run because I know that I'm going to want to shower and get changed afterwards so making sure that you're actually giving enough time to that so yeah, the runs slot in around everything else. Um, I don't work weekends. I'm very um, strict on my weekends. And so the the main bulk of the running will get done. The long, long stuff gets done on, on weekends. But there have been times during training, I just was training for a, a really big ultra marathon. And, you know, I was traveling on a weekend one week and I was looking at my diary and I thought, I don't know when I'm going to be able to fit my long run in. And so... I blocked out an entire Tuesday just for running. And I was like, I'm not going to do any work that day. I, I need to get my long run done. So it's all about um, compromise with the diary to see where it slots in. Um, just on the procrastination front, I um, really struggle with working on my own at home. You know, I think a lot of freelancers have the same thing. And, you know, if you don't have a co-working space to go to and there are other people around, it's very easy to get distracted go and do a bit of cleaning around the house, do something that's completely unrelated. So I actually use um, a system called Flown and it's an online community. You join a Zoom at a certain time. You set your intentions in a small group at the start. So you say, right, this is what I'm going to do in the next two hours. And then you all work away with the the people in Zoom, on Zoom in the background. And I find that really powerful to know that there are other people who are working. They can see me. But you, you don't really see them because you're working and so actually they're not seeing you because they've probably got another screen open as well. But I find that really helpful as like an appointment to be there because if it's 10 to 11 and the two-hour block's about to start, I'm like, oh, 
I'll just quickly make a coffee and then I'll get set up on my desk and then I'm going to go and I'm going to get two hours of good solid work done. So that's how I try and beat the procrastination. That's interesting. There's a few communities that have grown up like, like other ship, other ships very similar to that, but people work in tandem. And I often do it. I don't know if you, you do it, Lily and Emma, but with my colleague in Delhi, even if we're not working on the same thing, we will sometimes work in tandom uh, just to have a bit of company. Yeah. Uh, yeah see, that do. would that would not work for me at all. I'd just spend the whole time chatting. Um, yeah. Uh, if I when if I go into university to teach, I try and avoid going into the staff rooms because I know I'll end up chatting to someone for an hour. Um, and I, I, the idea of having an online community of people that I could distract you, you, you can't talk to, you're them. not allowed to talk to each other. Five minutes at the start. It's very, um, it's very intention focused. They do other bits where you can do meditation and things like that. It's very much focused around, um, people with ADHD as well. Okay. And, um, yeah, so they're very, they, they have a moderator who basically opens up these zoom rooms for five minutes. They're very strict on the timings. You talk about your intentions for the day. They give you a question to answer that thinking about things like procrastination and things about how you set your day up. And then once that's over, you are in focused work okay. and there's no opportunity to talk to anybody else. Uh, yeah, that might work better. <laughs> yeah, it's really interesting. I have a friend who's a writer who uses that on the morning to kind of get herself going. I mean, I think... Lily and I definitely do the accountability thing sometimes. Like if there's something we have to get done, we tell the other person to like make sure I do this, ask me if I've done this later in the day. Um, I mean, Anna, you mentioned then that weekends are really important to you. I think just after COVID, so at the start of COVID, I'd found that I was just getting too much into work those notifications on my phone trying to keep as a health reporter trying to keep on top of what was happening I felt like I needed to know everything but I also had three young kids at home and it was just getting I wouldn't say I burnt out but there was a point where it had, I felt like I was just kind of jangling with nerves I was just kind of too switched on all the time so since then I've made a purposeful choice to try and not work evenings and weekends no it hasn't worked this week but it ha weekends are usually pretty actually like I really don't um Sally, do you are you strict with yourself about kind of evenings? I mean, I am mainly due to being sort of hopeless after four pm. <laughs> so you'll see me if it goes over four pm, sort of flailing. But you know, I think I think yeah. When I was younger, I used to drift into working at weekends more. I think it's really important to demarcate it, and I think we really saw that, didn't we? In COVID, I agree. I was also doing the health fee, and we had no time. We were parenting at home, and suddenly our spaces were offices and crashes and schools. And I think that that was a wake-up call for a lot of people. <laughs> it's like, okay, well, I don't really want to sit and, you know, and you, you need, you need if you're, if you're working home a bit blurring into one, you do need your weekends, I think, or whatever works for people that, that do, you know, uh, my, I take my computer and physically put it away, like the principal with the phone. Um, and it does really work for me to be working out of home as well. So, yeah, we learned things from COVID, didn't we? Yeah, I mean, I don't even like turning my computer on at the weekend. I get really annoyed if there's some, like, school admin that mean I have to turn my computer on. I'm like, I don't want to turn my computer on. It's the weekend. Um, and I've always been pretty strict. I think maybe when I was starting out, I worked at the weekend a bit more, but I've always been pretty strict about that. And I don't tend to work beyond about 6 o'clock in the evening, although occasionally I do. Um 
but yeah, I think you've got to find your own boundaries, haven't you? Um, and like Emma says, I'd rather get up early in the morning and just, you know, knock out a story that I haven't finished than kind of stay up late doing it. I mean, I suppose another thing that we haven't really talked about is the kind of time money ratio. Um, and Anna, I wonder if you've got a way of kind of balancing or reconciling or or if that kind of comes into consideration, like how much money you're going to earn for a job, therefore how much time you're going to put into it. Absolutely. I think, you know, in any other job that isn't freelancing, you're, you know, you're salaried or, you know, when you start out getting a weekend job, when I first got my first weekend job, you know, I was really fixated on getting paid per hour. And it was like, you you know, you've done eight hours this month or whatever, and here's your pay packet. And so, you know, you learn the value of money quite young. Well, I certainly did anyway. And um, I think when a job comes in that I, you know, that I'm negotiating a fee on, I suppose, you know, you do... I do consider how long it's going to take versus what the payment is. And again, with Clockify that I use, I can set up um, how much you're being paid per hour. Um, so that, you know, if you press start on the the timer and you do half an hour, then it'll tell you sort of like how much you've earned of that fee if you sort of break it down into hours. And I try to spend no longer on a task than is is monetary worth it on the flip side though I have always been a bit of a perfectionist and so you know if something does take way way longer um, I'm thinking about an article that I wrote for like the wind magazine which is a, a really beautiful coffee table magazine for runners and it was it was one of my proudest articles that I've ever written um, but it took an awful long time to pull it all together but for me, that was just, um, I wrote that because I wanted to have an article published in that magazine. I was so, you know, proud of it, which is not to belittle any of the other stuff that I've written or, or do. But to me, it just felt like a bit of a, a showpiece. And um, I definitely took far too long on that one. And, you know, it's almost a lesson learned. But at the same time, I think you can get away with one here and there. Um, but that like we were saying there's never enough time for everything that we all do and so you've got to be pretty strict with what you're doing versus how much you're getting paid because we as freelancers deserve a fair and living wage as well i think it's really sort of what you're saying about the kind of knowledge because often you just bounce along blind and about a year and a half ago i did an inventory of all of my clients and rated them for pay but also speed of payment whether you have to chase them whether they had prestige and importantly, whether the editor was good to deal with. And I rated them and I was quite surprised actually. I was surprised what came up high and what didn't. And I quietly drifted away from a couple of clients then because I thought actually you're not worth it because even though you pay and pay too slowly. So I think it's just, you know, it sounds great what you do with, you know, working out the time, exactly the time it takes you because we can be a bit unrealistic about that. Oh, that'll take half a day. Like your weeks later, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think it is about we have to remember that it's a business. We are running a business, right? So you know, it's not all about crafting the perfect article. We have to think about. I mean, we Lily and I were talking about pitching the other day. Like, how much time do you spend 
doing that pitch when you don't know if you're going to get a commission, etc. It's a bit, bit chicken and egg. Um, but yeah, these are all the little things. All the time that you spend chasing invoices, all the time it all adds up, doesn't it? So you just have to kind of think. Um, I think sometimes you have to be quite ruthless and um, calculated and just, yeah, sit down and do that, do the math, see if it, see if it works or not. Um, I mean, to kind of bring this conversation to an end, I guess the opposite part of that is sometimes you've got bigger projects you want to start, new things you want to start, but you're kind of stuck on this uh, hamster wheel of just, you know, doing the old things, doing the old routine. So when that happens, how do you purposely put aside time for like new projects you want to do or to have that thinking space, breathing space. Sally, what's your, your approach there? Yeah, so I have my library day. So I go to, um, I did a master's at SOAS a few years ago and I got as a result, I have this library card. So I'll go to the library and it's just me and some of the undergraduates to sleep on the desk. And, uh, and it's great. And I have my, you know, I have my phone off and I designate that time for the longer term projects and I'm somewhere else. And I know what's happening that day. There's like a different lunch and it's a designated time. That works for me. That's really good. And it's really great you've got a space to go to. Because I keep thinking about that. There's a really nice um, cafe near where I live, but it doesn't have Wi-Fi. And I'm like, oh, if you had Wi-Fi, I would spend like half my time here. <laughs> um, but having that like space is really important. What about you, Anna? How do you sort of have space for, you know, taking on new stuff or just thinking time so I think um I've definitely fallen into the trap of you know I'm I'm so green and new compared to the experience on this on this podcast so I'm still that sort of wide-eyed like yeah I'll do it yeah I'll do it yeah I'll do it and say yes to everything and so um you know I actually you know this question to me is like I well, what, what projects would I like to do? You know, I haven't really even sat down to consider that. And I don't, I don't think I do have thinking space. Um, up until last week, um, which actually happened to be like one of my biggest running races as well, I was working up to 50 hours a week, um, which is no wonder why, I, if you can't probably tell, I am actually quite ill. Um, and, you know, it's not quite burnout, but it's it's definitely my body's gone, that's enough now. And I know that I've got a slower October and I know that that wasn't necessarily intentional. That was to do with some contract negotiations that didn't come off. And I know that I've got some breathing space and some free days this month, which I have already filled in my head. I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. But actually one of the main things is what do I want to do? What does 2024 look like? What do I want to dedicate my time to? And having that time to pause and reflect and, you know, it's almost a bit like New Year's resolutions, isn't it? I mean, we all have great intentions, even if we've been doing this for ages of how we're going to do this. And actually, if anyone's interested, we have a previous episode on how to do your own appraisal where Lily and I did an appraisal of like, what's the type of work that's working for us? What do we want to achieve in the next year? What do we want to do more of, do less of? And I think that kind of stuff can slide when you're a freelancer and you're working for yourself, but it's really important to make to make time for it because it's through those kind of appraisals that Lily and I have kind of taken on new projects and done new things that we wouldn't have ever found the time to do um, otherwise. Yeah, so, that yeah. reminds me, we need to do another appraisal. <laughs> we haven't yeah, had one yeah. for a while and I'm not sure we were 
we've been quite as productive as between the first couple <laughs> but it but it is good it is good to have an accountability buddy so i think that that's another thing we'll take on board i mean this has been really really helpful and i have been jotting down loads of notes particularly all those apps um you've both mentioned so we'll we'll definitely um be putting those in our show notes so other people can go away and discover them Um, but before we finally sign off, um, we like to ask our guests for a recommendation for a piece of work by a freelance journalist. So Anna, we're going to come to you first. What's your recommendation? So I, I mentioned like The Wind magazine. It, it's one of my favourite publications as a runner and as someone who appreciates great storytelling. And so the, the piece is actually by um, a friend of mine called Flora Beverly, who is a runner Um and she writes about the politics of running and how running as a hobby, um, you know, you can't be apolitical and run, be a runner, really, because everything to do with running has some sort of link with politics as well. So that's in the, um, like the win number 47, if anyone wants to have a look at that magazine. Fantastic. Sounds great. Thanks, Anna. Uh, and Sally, what's your recommendation? On the kind of around the idea of work and time and parenting, um, I think Hannah Fern's work's very good at the moment. She's a sort of very prolific freelancer, and despite having very ill children herself this week, she's been looking into the scandal around costs of early years childcare. And to be able to be doing that work whilst you're afraid yourself is is quite good, and it's it's quite impressive. And it shows you the sort of even though we don't have time to do really. Um, very costly pieces if we're not in-house we can really you know hold a mirror up to situations so I've been quite impressed by her work Hannah Fine. yeah I've seen some of the articles that she's done on this because I think Lily once wrote about this a long time ago when I um when number three child of mine was moving to nursery and it was just like we're, we're gonna have to move nurseries I can't quite do comment this I'm really glad I'm out the other end of this now because it's horrific um Ordinary. But yeah, definitely follow her work. Um, so yeah, it's time to bring this episode to a close. Thank you so much to Anna and Sally for sharing huge amounts of wisdom on this. We're all going to go away rejuvenated, I think, and ready to attack our attack our working week. Yeah, definitely. And if you'd like to get some more advice from the freelance community, um, then you can come and join our Substack community um search for freelancing for journalists on substack and you'll find our newsletter where we share tips and advice every week as of today we officially hit seven thousand members of our facebook community so come and sign up there if you're not there already uh we're on twitter or x yeah, we have to call it x we're on twitter as at freelancing bar um, and i'm on there as at Journo. Yep, and I'm at Lily Cantor. And just finally, a big thank you to our producer, Maddie Drury, particularly for getting us on YouTube um, and making it all look all singing and dancing. So we'll see how that goes. Yeah, she's done a huge amount of work and it all looks really good. So thanks ever so much, Maddie. I really appreciate it. And that's it for this series. So we hope you've all enjoyed it. Um, but we will be back with another really soon. We're getting another one out by the end of the year. We had a planning meeting yesterday for those topics, so do watch this space. Yes, goodbye for now. Bye. <laughs>